Before we begin today's story, I want to take a moment to talk about how you can support this show and the work being done with the project. Everything I do is in joyful service of the same goal, to help people connect with their shared lived experiences so that we may heal together from the inside out. Asking for money, or any help for that matter, is not something that comes naturally to me, especially when I have a paying job and people naturally might assume that I can keep up with the pace. So instead of burning myself out, I'm practicing what I preach and asking for the support I need to keep going. In order to justify the time it takes to write and produce this podcast and its accompanying newsletter, I'm asking for your support. Your subscription for $5 a month, and that's it, makes it all possible. If you're a free subscriber, you get my weekly story project newsletter and my What's Your Story podcast episodes for free, delivered right to your inbox without doing anything at all. And it's important to me that everyone who wants access to my content can get it, regardless of their means. But if you're looking for something specific, more personal and connected, then upgrading your subscription for $5 a month is the way to do it. You get everything that I've already listed above, plus and add a new layer of interactive features beyond the typical podcast offerings of ad-free listening, such as full access to my regular subscriber Q&As, where each week I answer a handful of reader questions about mental and physical health, as well as share some of the deeper details from the stories you hear right here on the podcast. You get periodic Google Meet hangouts with me, bonus episodes of this podcast, and the ability to pitch stories and or ideas for the newsletter. Not to mention access to my full archive of content, and other fun extras like live chat sessions and more. Buckle up, because becoming a paid member of this newsletter and its accompanying podcast is now the best way to support my content and to become a more active part of the storyteller community. Even without using any of the new features I listed, becoming a paid subscriber means that you're committing to helping me grow this platform and share stories in order to bring people closer together and collectively heal from whatever troubles us. Initially, people have mixed feelings about any health diagnosis, but especially one associated with their mental health, as they're aware of the stigma surrounding mental illness and the negative stories associated with it. However, there's also an opportunity to find validation in having a specific label for your experiences. Liana's struggles with depression, anxiety, and an eating disorder began around the age of 13, triggered by their first breakup. They went to therapy intermittently throughout their adolescent years, but only received a formal diagnosis of bipolar personality disorder in early 2021 from a psychiatrist who recognized the criteria. After receiving the BPD diagnosis, Liana describes feeling a sense of clarity about what it meant for her personally, allowing herself space to feel emotions and how this understanding has shaped her journey moving forward. Leon understands that some individuals may have a negative outlook on life, especially when faced with challenging circumstances or diagnoses. However, she considers herself fortunate because she had already been practicing things like meditation and exploring Buddhist teachings prior to her diagnosis. And this prior experience allowed her to approach her situation with acceptance rather than viewing it as a death sentence. Our story this week explores the complexity of living with bipolar personality disorder, and challenges societal misconceptions surrounding mental health conditions. Liana's story provides insight into one person's experience with seeking a diagnosis for any mental illness and navigating its implications, as well as finding ways to manage one's own mental health. 
from Fragile Moments and Not Today Media. I'm JD, and this is story number 39 of the What's Your Story podcast, From Darkness to Light. I'm Leanna Patch. I am a 33-year-old conversion copywriter focusing on being funny in copy and building relationships through humor. Um, and I'm a much better human than I used to be. <laughs> it feels good to be able to say that. feels good to be able to say that, sure. <laughs> I don't know if many people start off that way, you know? <laughs> I think so. Wonderful, Maybe. wonderful. They might. I mean, that's that's the goal, right? To get to that point of I'm a much better human. Um, yeah. But be able to, that's a that's a good way to start everything. So where does where does your story begin, Leah? Uh, I think it technically begins around like age twelve or thirteen, okay. um, which was when I got hellaciously depressed, sort of spurred by my first breakup. I lost my first love, uh, and unfortunately, this person <laughs> also lived with my family. And so I could not get away from this pain um, and just dealt with depression, anxiety, a little like eating disorder light throughout my uh, adolescent years. Um, went to therapy on and off the whole time. And then finally, uh, in the er in the early months of 2021, um, saw a great psychiatrist who was like, you fit the criteria for borderline personality disorder. Uh, and I had asked for this diagnosis because I read a book by Marsha Linehan, who's the, the creator of yeah. dialectical behavioral therapy. Yeah. And I read her autobiography and I was like, Oh wow, this is me. <laughs> this is everything that happened to me. Yeah. Um, and so that like made a lot of sense to me. And uh, for a minute, I felt like this, diagnosis was, you know, stigmatizing and horrible because you read all the stories about people with borderline who never find happiness. Yeah. And they, you know, they have tragic ends. And then on the other hand, it was very validating because it was like, there sure. is a specific flavor of sort of yeah. agony. And it, you, you're not alone. Our favorite message as copywriters. Sure, right. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so that was like, okay, I have a name for it. It doesn't feel great. I have to stay on this planet even if I don't want to. <laughs> so I have to figure out a way to want to stay on the planet. Yeah. Uh, and that was basically all of 2021 for me. So, and you know, when you say like, I mean, like you're not alone, like it's my favorite cliche saying too. It's like, okay, well, you know, okay, well, what does that mean? Um, having that, that diagnosis and that, you know, validity, you know, can you, can you explain like what, what like feelings you go through, like seeing that? Cause I could see that I could be the same. I could see myself being the same way that it's like, well, that's great. But that like, I'm still stuck with that and just kind of furthering down the, the, the hole there. But yeah, what did that, what, what thoughts, what feelings, what emotions went through you with that one? Well, I think it was just reading this book by this person who 
I really respected and resonating with a lot of what she was discovering in the story and seeing if someone can suffer this much and reach a point of relative contentment and peace, I probably can too. And like she did the work to lay it all out in this therapy modality and explore that. And then I I looked for other stories. Um, There's a book called the Buddha and the borderline. There's a lot of, uh, I think Buddhism. There's a lot of Buddhism in DBT, but there's a lot of borderlines. I want to say in who find Buddhism. Sure. Yeah. Because there's space for the dialectic. There's space for like the worst parts of you and the parts of you that want to. Yeah. Yeah. Did you walk backwards then? Like, you know, so here you are, you know, bringing the story to like, you know, age 12 and and the anxiety and depression that goes from there. Did you kind of walk backwards after that and go, okay, well, let's, let's take that moment. And that explains this moment and, or it doesn't, or did you not even go backwards at all? Oh, I, I, I went through the whole sort of like, oh, it makes so much sense knowing that, you know, it's not just a tendency to depression or anxiety. It's this very particular flavor of like lack of emotional skin. Like you just feel like one big raw exposed nerve all the time. And that is partially what makes me really good at my job because I'm very empathetic and I can like write to what people are feeling easily. And it's also a heavy burden because things really get to me. (laughs) Like can't watch horror movies, can't, you know, certain times of the month, can't even watch sad commercials. (laughs) Um, just being a highly sensitive person and realizing that like that was the reason that I've suffered so much, not because I'm inherently bad, but because I didn't have the tools to understand and manage my experience. And that's, you know, and that's, that's even tougher. I mean, forget about, you know, the fact that you have this, this breakup and this thing that happens to you at that age, it's just that age alone, right. Where you're trying to figure out, everything changing right at all at the same time and here it is like it's like an additive of like i I can't explain it anyway because i'm i'm going through like you know adolescence and nobody's giving me the tools to to describe it but then on top of this for you here's this explanation which you you know only find out later you know as far as that goes what what do you think would have been a, a a benefactor for you had you known about this like at that age that that we don't really see at this point you know like now it's like yeah that's just a terrible time of your life is you know adolescence and that's it but there's a lot more that could possibly go along with it right yeah i mean i think i think there's so many therapists who are sort of loath to diagnose bpd because it is really stigmatized and for a lot of people that stigma hurts right yeah it harms more than it helps and even my therapist was like you fit the criteria. I won't officially, like, I'm not going to say that you are this or or not, but you fit the criteria. And I was like, okay, I appreciate that sort of light touch, but I think it would have been nice to have that light touch when I started sort of emotionally crashing, you know, in early adolescence. And then to say, then to be shown some actual therapeutic tools. Yeah. Like something as simple as meditation or deep breathing. Um, it was really just only talk therapy and yeah. that can only help so much because if you were sure. on your own, you know, trying to manage your experience, however you can, which for me was self-harm, like, yeah, I yeah. wish that baby Leanna could have gotten some more tools. <laughs> was that quick to like, to, because it sounds like you, you know, you started talking about like, you know, going to therapy, like 
very early on, like, did that, I mean, did that happen? Cause everybody was like, well, I don't know what to do and let's, mm -hmm. let's have somebody else figure it out. Or was that, you know, truly your support system or what better yet? I mean, what did your support system look like? Ah, my support system was my parents who just could not really figure out why I was so sad. Yeah. And I didn't know either. Um, and so, you know, they're good parents and they tried to get me resources to help me. But uh, I think it's so hard to pick a therapist for yourself that it's got to be even more impossible more. to pick for your kid. Yeah. So they found one who I got along with and figured like, good enough. And I'm sure she, you know, she did a good job too, but there were limits to her knowledge. Um, yeah. Yeah. So where you are with it, even, you know, today or, you know, going start from, you know, when you had that diagnosis, what did, what did life look like after that versus like before? Like uh, when, you walk, when you walked out of the therapist's office and they were, gave you that light touch there, where, <laughs> where does your brain kick into? And what is, what is it? What does your story look like after that? I definitely went into research mode. I was like, okay, what, what does this look like in all ways for everyone? You know, yeah. what else can I identify with? Um, Reddit is a treasure trove, <laughs> but also a dangerous place to spend time in the BPD subreddits. Yeah. Um, uh, so it was first, it was research mode. And then it was like, okay, I, I don't really believe that group therapy is going to help, but I also am at a point where I have to try something. Yeah. Is what I'm doing isn't working well enough or fast enough. Uh, and I, I just, it's, I think it's a cliche and I wouldn't say I like totally surrendered, but I just sort of had to look at myself and be like, well, I'm going to try something radically different and I'm going to do, um, some intensive outpatient therapy over zoom because it was COVID, uh, and take, let my work take a backseat for the first time ever and ride my bike a lot. And having this, having this diagnosis gave me like a new lens to see yeah. my own thoughts. Yeah. It's really helpful to be able to step back and watch yourself thinking. Sure. Reactions. Absolutely. And it gave me a little bit more empathy for myself because I've always been pretty judgmental, pretty harsh with myself. Like, why can't you just be better? This podcast is proudly sponsored by BetterHelp. Therapy is something that should be taken seriously. And while this may be another sponsored ad, my relationship with BetterHelp is personal because for the past year, I've been using BetterHelp to gain my own mental clarity. I can sit here all day and tell you to seek help, but the truth is we're in this together. In the end, without a healthy mind, being truly happy and at peace is hard. The good news is therapy works. But what is therapy exactly? Well, it's whatever you want it to be. Maybe you're not feeling motivated right now and would like some tools to help. Or maybe you're feeling insecure in relationships or simply not dealing with stress very well. Whatever you need, it's time to stop being ashamed or scared of normal human struggles and start feeling better because you deserve to be happy. And now you don't have to worry about finding an in-person therapist near you to help. BetterHelp is customized online therapy that offers video, phone, and even live chat sessions with your therapist. So you don't even have to see anyone on camera if you don't want to. Join the millions of people, myself included, who are seeing what online therapy is really about. It's, it's always a good time to invest in yourself because you're your greatest asset. As a special offer to listeners, you can get 10% off your first month of professional therapy at BetterHelp.com 
betterhelp.com slash fragile moments. That's betterhelp.com slash fragile moments. And remember, just because you need help doesn't mean you're not worth helping. Uh, and then it's like, well, maybe there's a reason that yeah. you, whatever it is, biopsychosocial, however, <laughs> whatever the reasons that caused this particular um, emotional condition, um, it was just that added sort of layer of removal. Yeah. Be a little bit more patience and kindness and uh, to do, I think I did three weeks of therapy, which was four hours a day, um, four days a week. Uh, and then I, it was supposed to be a six week thing. And then I, I got impatient with the <laughs> quality of some of the sessions, um, and with the therapist who was assigned me and so Interesting. to switch. And they were like, you can't switch. That's part of the therapy. And I was like, well, <laughs> I understand that, <laughs> but yeah. this person's totally untrained in doing more harm than good. So, <laughs> oh, gosh. so I took what I needed. <laughs> so it sounds like though, like. I mean, and correct me if I'm wrong, it sounds like you were almost like pretty accepting. Like it was kind of like you were waiting for that, like somebody to to give you a name to to, to what you were struggling with or, or am oh. I? It was a relief. Not, yeah. Yeah. I'm not just bad in some mysterious way. And of course, like if you live in the world long enough and you observe the world long enough, you know, you're never the first person to experience anything. So sure, I didn't right? <laughs> first person to, you know, to experience emotional pain. Um, <laughs> but it was nice to know like, Oh, this yeah. is actually a thing. This is a real thing. Yeah. I mean, I, I mean, it, it, like you can hear it like, you know, and I don't like you said, I mean, I don't know if everybody else is like that too. I mean, I, it's certainly could see people walking out and feeling complete opposite. And it's just like, well, that I guess I'm, you know, life is over at this point, you know, cause you could yeah. go down the dark road of, like you said, people with this diagnosis is like, you know, they're never happy or they're never, you know, have a, a chance to, to feel things properly, you know, and, and things of that nature. What, go ahead. I was going to say, I think I was lucky in that I had already sort of been doing some of the relevant work and practice yeah. um, through meditation on and off for years and reading, you know, Buddhist Dharma books and things like that. Um, so I, I think I, I was in a better place to, to accept that yeah. and not, yeah. And not feel like it was a death sentence. And you'll see a yeah. lot of people like who just got diagnosed in their thirties, uh, post on the BPD subreddit. Like, I feel like this is the end of my life. And then a bunch of other people who are like, actually it's the beginning. <laughs> Good yeah. Why do you think, why do you think that is? Or do you think that's unique to, you know, BPD or, or, or not? I don't think it's unique to BPD. I think, um, any, any mental health condition that really affects your day-to-day -day function and your overall emotional stability probably yeah. has that reaction. Yeah. But because BPD is like shown in movies and films and books as like this crazy psycho yeah. woman who's going to destroy your life, you know, for love. <laughs> not great. Yeah. I, I mean, it just, I mean, I, you're, you're not the first person actually in, in the past two weeks. Um, to have that diagnosis and it's yeah. it's interesting to hear i mean the similarities of the fact that that's the you know, that's what you're contending with you know mm -hmm. is that you've got such a a stigma to it and such a i don't want to say like newness to that you know but it's certainly not it's certainly not the ones that we glamorize 
right? You know, the anxieties and depressions, and it's certainly not the ones that like, you know, you hear about the, the extreme end of the, the scale, you know, mm-hmm. so it's kind of been under the radar, yeah, so to speak, I guess, you yeah. know? And so, like you said, I mean, when you hear it now, it's, you know, whatever image pops into your head. And unfortunately, that's what people get, you yeah. know? When it's untreated um, and, un, you know, I don't think it even has to be diagnosed. It's just... no. Tools work to make every single person better, happier, more patient, kinder. Like, yeah, don't even need to say just BPD people, you know. Yeah, this and it's. I mean, it. You know, I mean, what it sounds like you've got given yourself, and then you know, just kind of reaffirmed is that here's the skills and here's the tools that I need to to manage it. And I mean, like you, you, you know, you mentioned several times here. You know, just the the Buddhist philosophy. What what parts of it kind of stood out from you in the beginning? you know, that have carried you along to, to keep that being in your, you know, set of, set of tools to, to manage this. Uh, I mean, just the practice of mindfulness really helps because it gives you that split second of like, Oh, I'm feeling a thing instead of I am this thing that I'm feeling. Yeah. Um, but also, you know, the idea of dialectics that I mentioned that multiple things in opposition can exist at the same time. Yeah. You can be a person who, is in deep emotional pain and really good at your job. And you can uh, have deep friendships and also a deep fear of abandonment. Um, yeah. You know, and, and there's space for all of that, which is kind of a relief. Um, one of the other things that is not really, it's kind of opposite to most Buddhist tenets that I'm aware of, but the idea of a sense of self, that's something that a lot of people with BPD struggle with. And I definitely did. Because I've always sort of thrown myself into relationships and let other people define me by what I accomplished, which isn't great. Because then at the end of the day, like, who are you? Where are you? Um, (laughs) And so I was sort of working on that. And I remember one um, art therapy session in my outpatient program. You know, we had to draw like a full body self-portrait and we had to uh, write down our, our best qualities and where they might reside in our body. And of course, there's part of me that's like, this is the dumbest thing ever. This is so <laughs> a child. And then anytime you get me drawn, I'm just like immediately into it. So I was like, oh, this is great. Love it. And then yeah. I found myself referring back to that page in my notes, you know, multiple Constantly. times. Yeah. Why do you think that is? Was it just like that much out of your your zone of, like you said, like, I can't do this. This is silly. This is a kid thing. All this. Can, do you think it's it's for that reason? Or why do you think something like that stuck? Uh, I had already worked with a really great business coach who forced me to acknowledge my accomplishments when they happened. Yeah. Uh, And so it felt like more of that practice where it's like, actually, you're fine. Actually, you're doing well. Actually, there's nothing wrong with you. And if you write down all of the things that are good about you, they far outnumber the bad. Yeah. Uh, It's kind of that. And it's something about writing it down and having it there uh, really makes a difference because it's not always available in your head. No, right? Or, you know, can't see it very clearly, you know, yeah. um, being able to access that is a totally different thing. And yeah, when we talk about, you know, things like meditation and mindfulness all the time, just as a good practice, but I think it's when you hear, hear it actually apply to, you know, a, a specific situation versus just, oh, this will make you, you know, less stressed for all of life. Like, then it kind of makes sense. It kind of sinks in that, oh, this is what that means. Yeah. You know, as far as, giving you your space, like you mentioned, or, you know, um, finding that moment to actually just 
like feel and this is what that mm -hmm. feeling is good or bad mm -hmm. you know um yeah yeah what would you say then you know given all this information and i mean certainly unique in my opinion as far as kind of walking out and being gung-ho i feel like people you know you do that with like a you know a diagnosis of cancer or something like that there's always one member of your family that it's like okay dad has this like you know i'm going to research everything and read every book but we don't always hear that i feel like when it comes to you know mental health you know yeah. it's just like immediately well great like um I'm just going to be depressed then and for the rest of my life. Like, is that what you just told me just now? Or I've got this thing that's going to make everybody cringe. You know, what, what's been kind of that guiding light then as far as keeping you moving forward and not, not necessarily being completely, you know, sucked backwards. Cause it's certainly going to happen, you know, altogether. But what, what's been the biggest piece of advice that's kind of keep you, keep you going? Uh, I think a big thing for me was, realizing how much of my own agony I was prolonging by uh, living in the past yeah. and regret and mistakes. Uh, and I've always been like a science person. My mom's a neuroscientist. And so learning that like neural pathways are reinforced by the same thoughts over and over. And that if I was going to get better, I had to make some new pathways. Yeah, <laughs> um, That was a big thing for me because every time, uh, I would, you know, I, I felt myself sort of slip back into regret or, you know, I would stay up all night thinking about mistakes that I made yeah. um, and not just little mistakes, giant life ruining, life altering mistakes that affected yeah. me and people. Um, I, I had a bunch of post-it notes around my house at this period of time. Uh, and one of them said, uh, you're changing your brain. It takes time. Uh, you know, okay. you're, you're building new neural pathways. I had that among like Buddhist mantras and reassurances from therapists. And I joined a, a Sangha that met every week. So it was like, okay, this, for some reason, having a science basis helps me believe more that I'm doing something that I'm yeah. changing. Yeah. I like it. Yeah. Well, thank you. Thank you yeah. so much for, for sharing that. Thanks for inviting me. What's Your Story is produced by me, JD, with background piano music by Chad Lawson. These beautiful, inspiring, wonderful stories, they're all yours, listener. So if you've got a story you want to share, you can do so by heading to fragilemoments.org slash tellyourstory. If there's something that rang a bell with you today or something that truly touched your heart in today's episode, let me know by sending me an email at jd.jedi at fragilemoments.org. Or you can just tag the show at at StorySharingPod on Twitter as well as Instagram. Thanks once again for choosing to listen, and I look forward to hearing your story one day, because we all have within us a story to tell, a song yet unsung.